This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, I was at the Greater Philadelphia Comic Con this weekend and I was trying to grab some interviews. There was a couple cool people there. I really tried to get an interview with Bulk and Skull uh, from... <laughs> from Power Rangers, but they had such an incredibly long line. Uh, but one of the people that was at the convention was a comic book writer that I've been a fan of for many, many years, who actually lives not too far from here, uh, Brian Glass, Brian J.L. Glass, to be more specific. And Brian Glass uh, did a comic book series called The Mice Templar that I really, really loved. I was drawn to the art and the story was really, really good. And he recently did a book uh, in the last, like, four or five years for Dark Horse called Furious that was incredible. It's such a good, gory superhero comic. But one of the coolest things about Brian is that he was this infamous prank caller on the Art Bell radio show. His voice has been sampled in countless uh, songs. Uh, You may have even heard the call on like a Tool album. Uh, I know it was on an MC Lars track. I'll play uh, a little bit of it right now. Area 51. Um, Were you an employee or are you now? uh, A former employee. Former um, employee. I I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago. I've kind of been running across the country. Um, Oh man, I don't know where to start. They'll triangulate on this position really, really soon. Um, You can't spend a lot of time on the phone, so give us something quick. Okay, um, what we're thinking of as as aliens are, they're, they're extra dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the space program made contact with. They, they are not what they claim to be. Uh, they have infiltrated a lot of aspects of the military establishment. The disasters that are coming, the government knows about them. There's a lot of safe areas in this world that they could begin moving the population to now, Art. But they're not doing, they're not doing anything. They are not. They want the major population centers wiped out so that the the few that are left will be more easily controllable. 
So that may have been a little familiar to you. So I got to sit down with Brian for a couple minutes. It was crazy loud at the convention, but I think that the sound is going to be at least tolerable. Uh, and he told us all about Art Bell's show and how this happened and his theories behind it. And, you know, and then he also plugged his comics because his comics are great and should be checked out. But I wanted to take a couple seconds at the start of this to also just let you guys know that we have been working our asses off to continue to get Horror Movie Night out there for you guys, the people who listen to the show, the people who support the show. We love you and we appreciate you. So I just wanted to run down a couple of the things that we have going on. So we are at a point now where we're pretty much going to have a bonus episode, probably not every week, but damn close to every week. Uh, you're going to see them way more often. I'm probably going to drop them mostly on Mondays or Tuesdays, but we want to give you guys extra content. That's the thing that people have been asking for, and it's a thing that we now have the ability to do. Uh, so we're, you know, look for more of the Saturday morning nightmares. Look for more of growing up with Kelly. Uh, look for more of soundtracking. Look for more of a whole bunch of stuff. In addition to that, we've completely revamped our Patreon page. So a lot of you have kind of disappeared uh, on the Patreon account, and that's totally understandable because we did a really bad job with it. But we learned from our mistakes and we revamped. So I want to take a couple seconds to really run down what we're doing on this Patreon page because I think a lot of you uh, would be interested in this and we we wanted to make things way more affordable for everybody. So if you pay us a dollar a month, uh, that will get you onto our newsletter. And this newsletter is packed with a ton of stuff. So you're going to get uh, a list of every single episode that we're releasing that month. That includes the bonus episodes. Uh, and that is subject to change because sometimes we record bonus episodes on the fly. Like I didn't know that this interview was going to happen. So this wouldn't have been on the list. But for the most part, you're going to have a full idea of all of the things. Uh, second, we're going to have a full posting of all of our schedules on when we're appearing in public places, not just conventions. Uh, I'm traveling a whole bunch again. So Rhode Island, Connecticut, uh, Austin, Texas, California, um, Ohio, maybe like look forward to me popping into those states and say hi, contact us, say hello, and I will meet you for lunch. You can ask Anybody that has encountered me, I am probably one of the most accessible podcasters in the world. Uh, and then the other thing that we did was for $5 a month, um, we're going to do a bonus episode every month. And it's voted on by you guys. So if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get to vote. Uh, the one that's coming up in just a couple weeks is The Wicker Man from 2006 with Nicolas Cage. It's a terrible movie. And I kind of really don't like you guys right now because Jesus, that, that movie, I forgot how bad that, that movie tune in. So if you want to hear our thoughts on the wicker man, you are going to want to swing on over to the Patreon account and listen to that. And then finally for $10 a month, we're going to do a bi-monthly. So every other month, I want to clarify what I mean by bi-monthly every other month, we're going to do a video chat. Uh, and you're invited and you can come and hang out and we'll watch a movie together and we'll just kind of any questions you have about the show, we're happy to answer. And, you know, again, we're trying to be the most accessible podcast that we could possibly be. 
So we've got all that down there. But there's one more thing. Uh, we are continuing to take over as much social media as we possibly can. So Katie, who you heard on the In Theaters Now episode for A Quiet Place or on the last two episodes that we did for uh, Chopping Mall and Troll, has volunteered to take over the Instagram page. So if you search for HMN Podcast on Instagram, you'll find us. Give us a follow. Uh, all of us have access to it. We're going to be, you know, if we see anything cool and horror related, we're going to be real quick to throw it on that Instagram page. So definitely follow that. I, I threw up a, an alien cosplay from the convention up there. Uh, so that's going to be really cool. And last one, I promise we have a Spotify page too now. So if you look on Spotify and search HMN podcast, uh, you're going to find a playlist that I'm keeping up to date uh, every week, whenever there's something new uh, that's been referred to on the show. So probably the MC Lar song. And if I can find out which tool song it is, the tool song will appear in that playlist. So it's just a constantly growing playlist of song references that we've made or songs that we discussed on the soundtracking episodes or just soundtracks to movies that we've talked about. Um, I found some really crazy stuff on, <laughs> on Spotify. Uh, so like, they like they have the the Taurus Trap soundtrack, so like, you know, that's all on there. I do recommend if you go to that playlist, definitely shuffle it because it's it's very much in a specific order uh, in the playlist. As like, oh, I found the Taurus Trap soundtrack, and then add it like five or six songs from the Taurus Trap soundtrack, and it's way more fun if you're shuffling it, and then like one of the songs from Taurus Trap pops up versus you having to listen to five of those songs in a row. Uh, that's all I've got. Here's my interview with Brian Glass. Uh, I'm sorry that this intro was so long, but as you can tell, we're doing a lot of stuff, so there's a lot to say. All right, here we go. Hey everybody, uh, I'm here at the Greater Philadelphia Comic Con, and you guys don't know this, but behind the scenes, I've been wanting to get Brian J.L. Glass on the podcast. Now, we're specifically a horror podcast, so you'd be wondering why I wanted to get uh, a, a comic book writer who's mostly known for stuff like The Mice Templar and Furious. But beyond the fact that Furious is a fairly violent comic book, it is not your, your G-rated comic book at all. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> It's uh, a redemption is really hard type story. <laughs> uh, Brian is also kind of like a, a minor folk hero, um, and it's kind of unfortunately timely that Art Bell passed, but you were the infamous uh, Area 51 caller many, many years ago. I was indeed. That was uh, 20 years ago, and uh, I'm, I'm the guy. Uh, <laughs> hello, Art. Uh, yeah, they're not what they claim to be. That's it. <laughs> You've been sampled in a rap song before. Uh, I've been sampled on a rap song. I'm on a Tool album. Uh, I've had end. I don't even keep up with all and the sure ways. I'm sure the residuals just keep flowing right into your pocket. Tons. Yes. Yes. I'm. I'm independently wealthy off that insane phone call. How did that come to be? Like for someone like me, I just missed the art. Like the art bell at its peak. 
Okay. And I feel like a lot of the listeners don't really know who he is, but I've done enough research to be like, oh, this is a fascinating thing that I kind of just missed out on. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was, it was pretty much the 90s were his, his golden age. Yeah, it was like the radio unsolved mysteries is kind of what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And what was really great is like you, you can listen to a lot of talk radio where if they have like either a conspiracy caller or a guest that has written a conspiracy book... Uh, they'll end up like secretly playing the Twilight Zone theme behind them, yeah. and they just they, they they play it up for laughs or for ratings, and they don't really take anything seriously. And while uh, the, Art Bell never he never fully embraced anything, yeah. he never ridiculed anything, and so it's like it, guests that he actually turned on on the show were so few and far between like you you had to work to have art throw you off his show he was the anti uh downey jr morton downey jr (laughs) yes yep yep and uh, he you know if you had a a tale to tell uh, you'd written a book he took everyone seriously and gave them a forum to tell their thing uh, and he was also unique in the fact that he he broadcast out of his home, yeah. not a studio somewhere. And so all the phone lines uh, came directly into his house. You didn't have to pass a call screener. Like he just he sat in his office studio in his house and just randomly took calls. And if he took your call. Bam, you were on the air. So what what led to the night where you were like, this is the night? <laughs> the, the night of the Area 51 call. Like I, I've gotten a lot of criticism of people thinking, oh, how I intentionally called in attempting to fake. And those, those people that make that charge don't understand. Art would have real guests. He would have real celebrities. He would have people that had written real books that were genuine researchers. And then he would just do these nights when he didn't have a guest that he called uh, specialty line nights. And of the, like, five lines that would come into his studio, uh, he would designate one of them one night and say, Tonight, whoa, there's, like, craziness here at the con. Okay, totally unrelated to the tale. Uh, So one night he would say, oh, we're doing time traveler line. So this particular line that comes into my studio is designated the time traveler line. And the only people that are allowed to call in are time travelers. (laughs) And so if he picked up the phone, he treated whoever was on the line as a time traveler. (laughs) And it's like, you knew, like... How many of these are legit right out the gate? Yeah, like, who who are really the time travelers that have come to call in the Art Bell show? And it was just great entertainment. And then one night he did Vampire Line. Yeah. Everyone that called in was a vampire. <laughs> they, they had better tell a good story because Art's going to interview them. And it's, it's no one calling in to tell the truth about time travel or the truth about vampires. It just, it was entertainment. Yeah. So one night he does Area 51 employee line. Here's your chance. Call in. Spill the beans. Tell everyone what's really going on there. And before my call got through, there were a series of callers who got on the air who were just as fake as my call. 
What do you think made yours stick out to so many people? Because I remember when I heard the first time I ever heard the call was on an MC Lars song. Okay. He sampled it on Lars Attacks, and I was like, "What is this phone call?" Like I like uh-huh. wanted to research it because the panic in your voice sounds so genuine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, the question you asked was, "What has made it so uh, so significant and stand out?" Uh, one, I'd, I'd be foolish to say it was you know not my acting. I. Uh, I was doing a stage play at the time called Asylum, where I played a guy in a mental institution, and I give a soliloquy near the end where it sounds a lot like the beginning of that Area 51 call. It's like calm that slowly degenerates into paranoia and fear and outrage and so you had a few weeks of practice leading into this yeah, call I, I unexpectedly had a, yeah i had a year and a half of working on this show before i ever made that phone call and proceeded to do the show for like another five years so uh so i've, I've got that characterization kind of down pat uh <laughs> And I also, I was developing a book with Mike Oming at the time called Ship of Fools that debuted at Caliber Comics and later jumped to Image. We did 10 issues all together. But uh, a lot of the, the, the backstory of Ship of Fools uh, is a lot of the conspiracy stuff that's in the Area 51 call. The, the book Ship of Fools took place in a universe where humanity had been sold out to aliens uh, hundreds of years before. So when it was our, almost a, a brilliant early viral marketing before viral marketing was a Yeah, and, and unintended viral marketing. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm working on this story late at night and listening to Art Bell and writing scripts, and I thought, like, well, I know the, I know the backstory to Ship of Fools, uh, <laughs> and I'll... Yeah. So it was, it was literally just situations aligning in the most perfect way for you to make that call. Yeah. And then the, <laughs> the thing that has made it legendary, like the, the believability of my performance has helped make it believable to a lot of people. But the thing that really hammered it home was the satellite outage. Yeah. That wasn't me. That wasn't Art Bell, to my knowledge. It was not pre-planned at his studio, to my knowledge. We just lose power mid-call. Yeah, and the the level of coincidence, uh, it stretches the imagination to believe, was that really coincidence? And my own pocket theory that I've held for 20 years is, like... I, the night that it happened, I feared that what did I say that actually struck close to the truth? Yeah. And what I what I now believe, like after after all the immediate hoopla of it passed, I now believe that a show like his, because of the nature of the subject matter he dealt with, that there was someone at the NSA or the CIA, someone was tasked to monitor his show. Yeah. Just you know, it's, either it was the cushy job or it was the whoever drew the shortest straw job. I, I don't know. But someone's job every night was to listen to Art Bell to make sure that real material never got out there. And what I personally believe happened that night, it's not that I said anything that was true. But that I started to sound like I was the real deal. 
And whoever was in charge of pushing the button that sent the signal, that moved the satellite, that cut the show off the air, (laughs) that that guy thought it's going to be a whole lot easier tomorrow to fix it (laughs) than if I just let this guy go on and, like, who am I? And firmly believe that by the next day, uh, the government knew everything in the world about me. (laughs) This guy is not a risk. He doesn't have... He, he writes comic books. He hasn't amounted to anything. So that's... you finally deciding to come out as the Area 50? Because it took a while. It was like more recently than when the call actually happened. Well, that's uh, slightly misrepresenting there. Okay. Uh, I've, uh, I've never come out after all these years claiming to be the guy... I've been telling people I was the guy, like, from the night that it happened. Uh, my parents were the first to find out. Uh, contacted Mike Oming the very next day, and we were on the phone for an hour. Uh, people in the comics industry, professionals in the comic industry, have known Brian of Brian and Mike. Brian's the Area 51 caller for 20 years. Uh, the difference is... Uh, I don't have access to a, a radio show. I had no interest in being a podcaster. So this this illusion that it took 17 years for me to finally come out and tell the truth. It took 17 years for someone to contact me and say, would you come on my show? Uh, did you ever get to meet Art? or is that Never a- did. That, that's one of the, the great, uh, I feel, misfortunes of my life. I would have loved to have been able to shake his hand. Uh, I was such a fan of his work, uh, such a fan of the show, of the subject matter that he chose, the respect that he brought to the conversation about that subject matter. Whether you believe, whether you're a skeptic, uh, he, he was just he was a class act all the way. And to have been able, like one, to have been a part of the legacy of his show is an extraordinary honor. That, that just, it blows my mind that I, I didn't just get through on the phone. I got through and became one of the top five significant moments in the history of his show. That is, that, that, that's stunning. It's yeah. like meeting your favorite star. And uh, t- if I had been able to actually meet Art Bell, shake his hand, uh, tell him face-to-face what an impact he had on me, and now knowing that I'm never going to be able to do that in this lifetime uh, is, is very disappointing. But uh, God, Godspeed to him. Rest in peace, Art, wherever you are. Well, assuming that you're not going to make any other fake uh, Area 51 phone calls... <laughs> What is next on your on the bucket list for the comics? What do you have coming down the pipeline? The very next thing is my my former Dark Horse comic series, Furious, is returning to comics from a new company out of uh, San Francisco, er, no uh, Los Angeles, called um, Crazy Monkey Inc. Perfect. Yep, <laughs> Crazy Monkey Inc. They're this they're great new company. They've been around for about three years. And they've been following very successfully the Kickstarter model. And I went with them because the publisher, Gabriel, uh, really impressed me with his approach. Uh, It's one of the few companies where I'm able to retain all the rights. And so as 
not to confuse it with the original Dark Horse series or the Fast and the Furious movie franchise, the title has been slightly modified. It's now Cadence Lark is Furious. That makes sense. Because that's who she is. I want Kate <laughs> Lark as well known as Peter Parker or uh, <laughs> Jessica Jones. Now, where can people go to uh, pre-order that, get ready for the next issue, or pick up the trade so that they know what's going on when the next run comes out? Well, the, the original trade from Dark Horse is still available. If you have access to a uh, comic shop, any comic shop can have it ordered through Diamond Distribution. Uh, I'm sure there's numerous places online where you can get either order a digital, buy a digital version, Comixology. It'll be available through Dark Horse. Um, outside of that, the new series, the Kickstarter launches in June. Okay. And the best way, I guess, to keep uh, up to date on news about it is to follow me on uh, social media. Track me down online like the dog I am. <laughs> so you can find me at Brian JL Glass. That's Brian with a Y, not an I. And I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I have a BrianJLGlass.com website. And uh, that's it. And if you if you hunt me down, you'll also find the adventures of the Daily Nog. My great skeleton buddy who embarks on all sorts of exciting daily misadventures. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you. This has been great. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.